There was a man that really, really wanted to cross off something on his bucket list. He wanted to personally see Buckingham Palace. He bought his plane ticket, boarded, and flew out. Hired a tour guide to give him a tour of the palace. Included in the tour was Buckingham Palace. He wanted to get a tour of the entire area. And the day came where the tour had begun and he had went through the different places of the tour and then there it was. At a distance he could see it as the van pulled up. There's Buckingham Palace. The guide walked him over to the gate among the other people that were there and he pointed at different landmarks around the palace places. The man that was so adamantly excited about this stopped at the tour guide and said, I'm sorry, sir, um, when do we get to see the inside? He was so excited. He said, when do we get to see the inside? I'd like to see it. And the tour guide looked at him and said, I'm sorry, sir, I don't have the authority. Only members of the royal family get to go inside. There was a day that we ourselves were outsiders. That we ourselves were on the outside looking at what could be, what possibly might be, before we accepted Christ as Savior and Lord. And let me make this real clear. There was a day that if you were, if you were now accepted Jesus, there was a day where you were on your way to death. But because of Jesus, you are now in a different path. We just started this series last week called Move from this place to that place. And so every week we're moving from one place to another. Last week we talked very specifically about how we were going from struggling to surplus. Now this could be finances, it could be just blessings in your life. But how many know that the abundant blessings of God doesn't just have to be financial, right? Like God wants you to prosper in other ways too. And in fact, a lot of times we kind of seal God in this box as surplus being only a financial thing. God has given me so much joy that sometimes I just want to share that joy with someone. Sometimes I get kidded with my family because I laugh all of a sudden really loud. And they're like, where'd that come from? Like, they laugh. They laugh at my laugh. And I say, it's okay, I just got surplus joy. Right? I just got extra joy. I, I express it differently, Right? How many of you have a, a surplus of something in your life? You, do, you just do things a little differently than everybody else, and you're like, what's, what's the big deal? This is just me. Well, God give, has given us a surplus of blessings. We have to then tap into that. So we talked last week about that, from struggle to surplus. This week, we're talking about from death to destiny, from death to destiny. We want to move from that place that we were to the place where God has for us. And death is where we were. Destiny is where we're headed. If you've accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, you're in a good place right now. And you might think, well, maybe this message isn't for me. Oh, trust me. When we're talking about the love of God, there's none of us in this place that can say, oh, I got enough love of God. Share with somebody else. That's a surplus I never turned down. Right? We should never turn down a surplus of love. Unless it's your dog that really just wants to lick your face over and over again. There comes a point where you say, enough. I've been there. Nicole, been there? Yeah? Okay. Let's look at Ephesians for a moment. Because this is where we're going to kind of build our text a little bit. Ephesians chapter 2. It's a fantastic and one of my personal favorite. In fact, I memorized this verse as a teenager. 
Can I tell you, teenagers, if you can memorize an entire album, you can memorize a couple verses. And adults, you're not off the hook. I'm coming for you too. Right? If you could remember what somebody did to you in fourth grade, you could remember some verses. Okay? Come on, somebody. It goes both ways. Got the kids saying, amen. Pastor told you, mom and dad. I think we all need to be there, right? Where we say, you know what? We can. And stop telling yourself you can't. Because the spirit of God is in you. And you can. I got sometimes, I got my kids telling me, I can't do this. I'm like, don't say that's a four-letter word, first of all, in this house. Can't is a four-letter word. Do not say it. Because greater is he that is in you. And I heard you sing that whole album just now. You could, you could memorize this. Right? I memorized this verse as a kid. I was 15 years old when I came to the Lord. I was about to turn 16. And I started writing in the leaflet of my Bible. Anybody ever write? How many people like to write in their Bible? You just find stuff, you just write in your Bible. Some people are like, it's so holy, I cannot. <laughs> That's okay, because I have certain, like this Bible itself, I don't write in it much. This is my preaching Bible. Like I preach from this Bible, it's specifically built so I can, I can preach. I just, there's less things on it. It's just scriptures, you know. And then there's other Bibles where I kind of jot, jot things on the side there. How many have you scribble? Like you have a way that you scribble that only you understand. It's like heavenly doctor language. <laughs> you ever seen a doctor's script? You're like, what is this gibberish? Well, you have your own gibberish maybe in your Bible. Well, this is a verse that I learned a long time ago, and I encourage you, if you've not memorized scripture, let this be the first one. This is a good one. Outside of God so loved the world, we'll get that in a moment, right? This is a good one, because this keeps us in check that it is not anything we do that gets us saved, it's him. So watch this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You can memorize that alone and it'll revolutionize your life. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What is that saying to me? You can't do it on your own. What's to do it? You can't go to heaven on your own merit. There's not a check you could write a niceness you could bear, or a record that you can break of, a, uh, of Sunday attendance. Some of you are like on your way here today, you, went, you, you treachered through the different patches of ice that did not land in Milton, by the way. We got like, it was bone dry when I was looking outside the window this morning. I was like, what's going on? We were expecting all this stuff. It's bone dry, right? Some of you went through the treachers of the ice where you were. And you said, I got to get there. No matter how many times you go through those treacheries, that's not going to earn you heaven either. You know what earns you heaven? Accepting that he's the only one that can get you there. Are you with me? We need to make that real clear because there's a lot of other religions that will tell you different. They'll say you need to pray this prayer, understand this, and do this. And if you wear a certain type of clothes, or speak in a certain tongue, that unless you do those things, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to preach the gospel today. And if I offend some people, tune me out. 
but I got to preach it. I got to tell you exactly how it is. And here's what the word tells us. This is the only way to heaven, except that it is only through faith in Jesus Christ that we earn eternal life. That's how we do it. There's no, my Bible's super thick. I got a real thick Bible, so the Lord's going to hear my prayer a little more. Oh, I wrote a lot of notes this week, Pastor. I know your notes better than you. And so I earned my way to heaven. No, that's not true either. But I want to tell you that God's grace has been given us so that we can understand that he was the ultimate eternal valentine, the love of God. So let me share with you a couple things as we talk about moving from death to destiny. Somebody say, from death to destiny. You got to say it like that. From death to destiny. Somebody's getting it. Somebody's shouting it. It's all right. So let me, how do we approach our destiny for a moment? Can we do that? Can we talk about that? Because I like to be terribly practical, and I think it's important. Number one, understand that God has a gift for each of us, right? Who likes gifts? Raise your hand if you like gifts. Raise your hand if you don't like gifts, because the people that do like gifts would like to get yours, right? Well, he was the greatest baseball player that Many people would consider the greatest baseball player. Some, some called him the towering sultan of the SWAT, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, by 1948, Babe Ruth had been out of the game for more than a decade, and he was struggling with terminal cancer. He was larger than life. So when the beloved Bambino stood before a massive crowd, I have a picture here, stood before a massive crowd, on June 13th to celebrate the silver anniversary of Yankee Stadium, they were going to retire his number three, and it was clear to many people that this was his final goodbye. There was a photographer by the name of Nat Fine of the New York Herald that took this picture. Dozens of photographers staked out along the first baseline, but there came a moment where Fine said to himself, this is a moment I need to capture. He moved out to the third baseline quickly and took this picture of Babe Ruth. In fact, two months later, after taking this picture where Babe Ruth loomed very large, you look at this picture, he just, he's epic. You don't see his face, but you know number three. This was a very big deal because Two, two months later, Ruth died, and Fine went on to win the Pulitzer Prize for his picture, this very picture I'm showing you today, and it was the first picture ever awarded to a photographer to win a Pulitzer Prize. Great, amazing shot. It was about seven years ago where we were sitting in a hibachi, one of my favorite places to eat. My wife gave me a, a, a gift, and that gift was a print of this very moment. Now, what's so special about this gift? Well, first of all, it was a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, photo, right? But it wasn't allowed to be printed. No one had the rights to print them. My wife did an illegal purchase. No, I'm kidding. No, that's not the... <laughs> Until that year, it was, it was uh, my wife had found out that they had just allowed to reprint these to actual print them, and she got me a framed copy 
of this wonderful moment of Babe's last homestand as they retired his jersey for the final time. It's the last time because two months later he passed away and like I said, Nat Fine won the Pulitzer Prize for this photo. And it hangs in my office and I look at it and I remember the day that my wife gave me that gift. It's a beautiful gift. Um, those of you that know, I'm a big Yankee fan. I'm a big Babe Ruth and Jeter and the whole bit of the Yankee organization and franchise. And she gave me this gift. This, this was an amazing gift to me. It's, an, it's a classic moment in major league history as well as the Yankee history. So what's, what's that gift look like to you? What is, the, what is the one gift that maybe you have in your life that you think, wow, that, that was a gift? Well, John 3.16 talks about a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave a gift. This is a beautiful gift. But what God gave had eternal consequences, right? There'll come a day when we will stand before him. How beautiful will it be that we stand before God? And he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. How many look forward to that day for him to say, well done? I I look forward to that. So I work every day to do my best to be the best that I can be. Not because of me, but because of what he's done for me. Amen? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Let me tell you something. Because of the fall, because of the fall that happened, what fall am I talking about? Not winter, spring, summer, and fall. But the fall that happened back in Genesis, we realized that we had now been set apart, alienated because of sin. Sin alienated us from God, and there was a need for redemption. How many agree with that? There was a need for redemption, and the wrath of God was upon us, not because he hated us, but because sin needed to be accounted for. That love, that love that he had for us that eternal valentine that was presented to us, gave us destiny, gave us hope. The universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man, friends, can I tell you this, is not a biblical idea. Not everybody that walks the earth are children of God. The universal brotherhood, that we are brothers and sisters, we are all creation of God, absolutely. But there comes a point where you have to decide whether you want to be a child of God. And accepting him is how you get there. Just because you walk the earth doesn't mean you're automatically a child of God. You are a creation of God. You are loved. You have unmasked potential. You have the ability to change the world. But guess what? Something has to happen before that takes place. And accepting him is the answer. Because this world wants to spread love and hope and joy. And that's great. I I hope that we go a different direction as a nation right now. That we would stop being offended at everything And start realizing that we are different. Yes, you see color. Don't say you don't see color. I see color. But I also see that everybody was created in his image and in his likeness. That's what I see. Don't say you don't see color. Don't say you don't see hate. Because I see both. But I'm okay with that. Because God didn't create one person, one type of look. 
He created a human race with lots of looks. And I get excited when I look across our congregation and I see all kinds of tones. Aside from Tony. I see all kinds of hues, and I'm okay with that. I love that. In fact, I never saw myself preaching to a, uh, just one particular tone. I believe that when we preach the gospel, mankind draws to him, and he is drawn by, by his presence. He's drawing people to himself, and I want us to understand that that is not okay, that we think that universally we're all just going to stand before God, and God is going to pardon everybody. That's not the truth. And I cannot stand here and tell you that that's the case. We will stand before God and give an account for our lives. And I encourage you, if you've never accepted Jesus, accept him today. Because there is a love that he has for you on this Valentine that cannot be matched by anyone. Not a single person. Not your spouse. Not your neighbor. No one can love you the way he loves you. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. So what am I saying? Number one. God has a gift for each of us. Number two, God has a plan for each of us. Come on, if you're writing notes, write this down. God has a plan for each of us. God has a plan. Jeremiah tells us very plain, and some of you have heard this verse multiple times. I'm not preaching this verse, I'm just reading it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Why? Because he's not left you planless. He's not left you without plans. I thought I'd get an amen there, but I'm going to work harder. He has not left you without a plan. He's not left you without an opportunity. You are a child of destiny for sure, but there has to be a point where we realize that he's the one that provides the hope and he's the one that provides the future. Jeremiah 29, 11, I believe we have that. I know the plans I have for you declares who? The Lord. Not your work, not, not your boss. I know the plans I have for you. Not your spouse. I know the plans I have for you. When I met you at the altar, my goal goal was to alter you. (laughs) It's not your spouse. Right? It's not your spouse. This declares the Lord plans to prosper you. Is that just money? But does it include money? It can. Absolutely. Let me answer that one for you before you go wrong or go rogue, he will bless you when you put him first. But it doesn't just mean finances. It means he'll give you destiny. But then he goes on to say this, not to harm you, plans to give you what? Hope and a future. That is not your spouse, your neighbor, your your boss, whoever. He's the one that gives you hope. He's the one that gives you future. Amen? Nobody can give that to you. And if they do, fake news. It's false advertisement, isn't it? When the world says, I got you, I'll I'll take good care of you, just write this on that sheet right there. Or just ignore this part. We'll take good care of you. That will come back to bite you. Don't ever compromise your character because your character is yours and you're responsible for it. Amen? And likewise, man, the enemy has a plan for you. Did you know that? Some of you are like, the Lord has a plan for me. That's great. Here's the bad news. The enemy has a plan for you too. But I'm going to turn around. Here's the good news. The enemy can't force his upon you. You have to give him access. If you're a believer today, you have to give him access. Don't give him access. 
Don't give him the keys to your ride. Because all he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. I thank God that every single, I thank God that every single day, Jesus has sealed my fate in him. As long as I trust him, no man can pluck me out of his hand. How many are grateful for that? Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching. I'm preaching good news here on this Valentine's Sunday. Come on. This is love. The love that nobody can duplicate. Moses prayed this in Psalm 90, verse 15. The psalmist knew the prophecy of God. He knew his, listen, I know that we need to make up our mind. And so we said this. He knew that God's plan about his people. Let's turn there real quick. Psalm 90, verse 5. Who got their Bibles? Come on. We use our Bibles here at Freedom. Psalm 90, verse 5. Here's how it reads. I don't think we have it on the screen. So I'm going to read it to you. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning, though in the morning it springs up new. By evening it is dry and withered. There, the psalmist was talking about how it's very easy to be swept away by death because this world will offer you a lot of things and we can get swept away by lies. How many have ever been deceived by something? How many opened up an email and, and clicked the link you shouldn't have clicked? You were like, what's this? And now you got a virus on your computer. Come on, somebody. You got something that happened you were unaware of, and you're like, oh, I got caught out there. Man, I should have known better. Man, I should have known that there was no Egyptian prince that wants to give me $10 million. I should have known that. I should have known it. We've all been at some point deceived by something. And can I tell you something? As you serve the Lord... I want you to recognize this. No weapon formed against you will prosper because the great Valentine, the one who gave you the ultimate Valentine, Jesus Christ, laid his life down so that you could fight the good fight through the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. If you believe this, you will understand that we are people who walk in destiny, in destiny, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, what? To do good works. We were created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does that mean? He has a plan for you, which God has prepared in advance. What is preparing in advance? Planning. God has planned out. Your next step. So my third point is simply this. We get to choose. How many are grateful for the freedom to choose him? I get to choose God. You got to choose whether or not you were going to get up this morning and come here. You got to choose whether or not what shirt you were going to wear. Or maybe you just don't understand how to dress and somebody dressed you. But in some way, shape, or form, you chose to give them the power to do so. Even that was a choice. Right? We get to choose between different things. Let me give you an example. We, the last few years, we got a chance to go to Myrtle Beach. My kids love Myrtle Beach. We love going there. We have a nice situation. We have friends that own a condo, and we rent that beach, that, you know, right by the beach. I mean, literally, you could throw a stone into the beach waters. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Right? And so we go to this Myrtle Beach every year for the last several years, and every single day, 
We tell the kids, all right, kids, what are we doing? And that was a mistake a few times we realized it. Because one would say beach, one would say pool, one would say, I want to go to uh, the arcade. Like, wait, what arcade are you talking about? One would say, I want to go shopping. And everybody wants to do a different thing. The power of choice, it's great until it's executed. <laughs> right? So we tell them, okay, here's the deal. We can go to the beach in the morning and then the pool in the afternoon. Or we go to the pool in the morning, the beach. Come on. Be, who's a beach? Raise your hand if you're a beach person. Come on, somebody. Raise your hand if, don't you not pick one of these right now. You're going to mess up my poll. <laughs> Raise your hand high if you are a beach person. Be proud. Don't give me a halfway because Jesus don't acknowledge halfway there. All the way. You're a beach person. You like the sand between your toes. You're like, ooh, the sand is nice. Okay, hands down. How many of you are pool people? You like to see your feet. You like to see your feet. You pool. You like to stay clean. You just want to jump in and jump out. Right? There's a lot more beach people at Freedom. There's a lot more beach people. I'm a, I, I tend to be a pool person. I like to sit by the pool. I like to put my feet in the pool. I don't even get in the pool. I think I went the whole summer. I think I was a whole week at Myrtle Beach and I didn't go in the pool. I think I went the whole week. I was satisfied with sitting poolside with my feet in the water. Wait in the water. Wait. That's what I did for 10 days. I waited in the water. And my kids waited for me to come in. <laughs> that was a different way. That was a different way. That was different. The power of choice, right? The power of choice. Then there's the, the other power of choice. The office talk seems to be it's Apple versus Android. Apple versus Android. Oh, wait. Sorry. Wrong, wrong picture for Android. My bad. My bad. My bad. That was the wrong picture. My bad. <laughs> All the Apple people are like, yeah, tell them. Android people are like, I was going to tie it, but not anymore. <laughs> That's why I wait till afterwards. See if he says something bad about Android. Right? You got, your, you got your choice of Apple versus Android. Raise your hand if you're an Apple person. Okay, hands down. Raise your hand if you're an Android person. <laughs> Lord, right now I pray. <laughs> For all the droid people. See, they got one extra one. That was an Android ringtone. That was an Android, because Apple don't let you change. It's a true story. You get more viruses too. Anyway, um, I tend to lean toward Apple myself. I think, you know, that's my preferred line of defense. But it's the power of choice. You get to choose. Isn't that beautiful? And nobody has to tell you what to necessarily have. Now, your workplace may say, this is what you have. Like it or leave. But we have the power of choice, don't we? Listen, you have a choice whether or not you can decide today by the power of choice. The scripture tells us in Deuteronomy 30, 19, simply this. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Choose life, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, so that you and your descendants may live. Choose life. I love that idea because every one of us have a choice today to choose death 
or to choose life. And I hope that today you choose life. I don't know if you know this, but the end, the last few chapters of Deuteronomy was recorded, um, and it was actually the last sermons from Moses. Did you know that? If you look at Deuteronomy, you look, and the last portions of Deuteronomy are sermons given by Moses, the great Moses. Sermons that he preached. And you see that in the text, and you see that there are elements there. After the long journey from Egypt through the wilderness, the children of Israel were almost ready to enter the promised land. It took them 40 years to get there. And Moses gathers them for worship to renew their promise and to serve God who delivered them. And Moses set before them the blessing of obedience. I like how Joshua said, and he said this, Joshua 24, verse 15. But if serving the Lord, and I'm going to kind of wrap up here in just a moment. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, I don't know, do we have that verse up there, guys? If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose for yourselves whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in which the land you are living. But as for me and my household, look at me, everyone, look at me. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua, not good? He knows the plans and he has a plan for you, but you have to choose that plan, right? You can walk into any telephone place and they have an assortment of plans and you get to what? Choose one. They don't tell you this is the one you get. You get to choose that plan. And the same way in your life today, you get to choose what plan you're going to follow. Self-made plan, my spouse's plan, or the plan given from on high by the creator of the universe for me. I beg you to consider God's plan for your life today. Now, I don't beg about things often, but when it comes to the souls of men, I beg you to consider the Lord because you have one soul, one soul in your life. You got to take care of it. You will stand before him one day and you will give an account to that plan. God so loved the world on this Valentine's Day that he gave you a choice to choose death or life. Choose death or in this case, destiny. Amen? Amen. He has laid before you death and life. Choose life and choose for yourselves wisely. Amen? Amen? The call to action is simply this. If you confess your mouth, Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Now you say, Pastor Tony, I've already accepted Jesus. This has nothing to do with me. Oh, no, 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 no. Did you realize that Josh, Joshua said that? He said, I will choose this day. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's an everyday choice. You can't be like, from now on, it's all the Lord. Every day you're going to fight because every day the enemy will tell you something else. And you got to choose that day whether or not you're going to accept him and follow him. You don't have to re-accept him as Savior. That's not what I'm saying. Understand what I'm saying? I'm saying to you that you have to reiterate to yourself today, I'm going to choose him in my attitude. I'm going to choose him in my reactions, in my actions. All that comes from the Lord. And today, I choose to walk from death to destiny. From death to the life more abundantly. 
from the things of the world to the things of God. And I do that on purpose because you can live for God intentionally or live for the enemy accidentally. Let's pray today. Father, we're grateful today because outside of you there is no hope. But because we've accepted you as Savior and Lord, we can have hope. I pray for those today that maybe have not accepted you. Maybe they're online right now watching or listening. Maybe they're in this room at this very moment. Whatever the case may be, every person at the sound of my voice, God, let them hear the heart of what we're talking about today. That you are the ultimate Valentine. That you are, moved, you are the one that moved us from death to destiny and we accept your love today and we move from where we are to where we should be. From indecisive to decisive. We move. We move. When we accept you as Savior, we choose to move. What is salvation? A choice to move. So today we move deliberately in the direction of you, our God, our Master, our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.